Welcome back to the Managing Editor Show. I'm Jess, and thank you so much for tuning into season one of the Managing Editor Show with Alyssa Doucette. 20 episodes, oh my God, it totally flew by. I can't believe that we even did that. You know, this show started out as a pipe dream and an email exchange between Alyssa and I, and I can't believe that we made it happen. I think we started talking about it last summer, and I was traveling, she was traveling, and we finally got it together over the last couple of months and I'm so glad we did because we've gotten a lot of great feedback and support on the show so far and I'm really excited to continue. Obviously it will be a little different without Alyssa by my side but don't panic. <laughs> I've got some awesome guests in the wings so you won't just hear my voice alone all day every day. You'll get some awesome tips about all things writing, editing, and content from the perspectives of the Guardian of the publishing galaxy, the folks who approve your submissions and make your words not suck. Welcome to season two. So we've talked a lot about guest blogging as it relates to pitching and working with editors, but we haven't talked that much about why guest blogging is important. And I wanted to go back to the basics for a few minutes today and fill you in on the pros and cons of guest blogging, because as content marketing and SEO landscapes change, there are some serious benefits as well as some serious pitfalls of guest blogging, depending on how you do it. So the first thing most people think about when they think about guest blogging is exposure. Yes, of course. Writing articles for other people's sites is amazing because you get to borrow their audience's ear. You get to take your ideas and present them to a new circle of people who may not be visiting your website or following you on social media. And that's awesome. I mean, it's so great to get out to new people if that's what you're trying to do. If you're trying to grow your brand, trying to develop your voice, you want to be out there in front of new audiences. The other benefit of guest blogging is that it allows you to increase your site's ranking as you publish on higher ranking sites. And that's the goal, right? There's no good reason to publish on a site that's not as authoritative as yours, unless you're getting paid, of course, or if you're friends with the person, or you're just feeling nice. I mean, I've done favors for people definitely in the past, and I have no problem doing that, especially because it's usually a mutually beneficial situation where I write something for them and they write something for me and everybody's happy. So new audiences, page rank, those are the primary benefits of guest blogging. We can mostly agree on that, right? I mean... Obviously, if you don't agree with me, let me know because I love a good argument and we all know that. So <laughs> let me know in the comments, let me know in your reviews, and I would love to talk to you about it. But what I really want to talk about today is the dangers of guest blogging. When does guest blogging go wrong? <laughs> I've been getting some pretty unfortunate pitches lately, with which proved to me that people don't understand the true value of guest blogging and are actually about to shoot themselves in the foot with their approach. And I still continue to be surprised with how many people don't get it and how many people just think that it's it's not a two-way street. They think it's a one-way street. And 
everybody hates one-way streets, right? Like you're trying to get somewhere, you're driving along, you want to turn left, and then you get to a one-way street, that means you can only turn right. It means you have to go to the next street, turn left on that street, and then turn left again, turn left again. Everyone hates it. So that's one thing I want to mention is that guest blogging is never a one-way street. But I also received an interesting question from a fellow marketer recently, and that sort of brought up the bigger idea here of when is guest blogging done wrong and when is it done right? So the question that I was asked was, what is your best tip for getting featured on sites like Forbes, Inc., Entrepreneur, etc.? Now, I've never thought that getting quote-unquote featured on these sites is anything to brag about because nowadays it seems like anyone and their mother can write for them. The quality has really gone down due to the volume of content that they're putting out there, which, you know... I get it. They have to be putting out more content than ever to keep up with all the other sites. But there are still some really great columns on sites like Forbes, and they still have a high level of credibility among readers, so I can't discount their value completely. In fact, I was thinking about this recently because there's an article on Entrepreneur that a friend of mine wrote a few years ago. I mean, it had to be at least three or four years ago, and the article mentions Don't Panic Management as a possible solution to time management problems. And I got to tell you, we still get inquiries from that article because it ranks so highly in search. I can't discount their value. I can't tell you that they don't have a high level of credibility and that it's not awesome to be published on those sites. But what I don't think people understand about guest blogging at that level is that there are many different ways to go about getting there and not all of them are going to work for everyone. There are also several ways to not go about getting <laughs> featured on these sites. So I wanted to give you a few ways that editors know, and I'm talking about editors from small publications and editors from places like Forbes, how they know when to run away screaming from your guest blogging pitch. Number one, you share in your pitch how quote unquote valuable your guest post is going to be to the publication's readers. Oh, really? If you have to say it, I can tell that it's probably not going to be there and you're just trying to trick me. But like, show me, (laughs) don't tell me. I wouldn't want your pitch if it didn't provide value. So you don't have to tell me that as if it's a qualifying factor here. All articles that we publish or any site publishes are going to have to be high value and high importance to readers or they're not going to publish them. So just don't pitch anything that's low value and just make sure that it is high value. Show that in your writing. Number two, you ask for a no-follow link in the article right away. Again, duh. Editors understand that if you're going to write for them, you're going to want a link back to your site. That's sort of the unspoken trade rule here. You give me great content, I give you exposure and a link back so that you get the benefit of writing for my site. I get that. I get that some publications don't allow that, which I think is really stupid because obviously that means that it's not going to be a mutually beneficial relationship. You know, I get that people will see that you're the author, that you've got the byline on the site, but I do think it's valuable for for managing editors to let authors have a link somewhere, whether it's in your bio or within the the body of the article, because how else are people going to go back and find you? And how are you going to get that exposure as the writer? You know, I think it, it needs 
needs to go on both ends. But it's crystal clear to me what motivates you and and what your underlying needs are here (laughs) if the first thing you ask for is a link back. So don't do that. Number three, you haven't said anything about me, my audience, or my site. It's all about you, you, you. Again, the point here is to develop a mutually beneficial relationship, and we can't have that if you don't understand what my audience's needs and wants are. So if you tell me that you want to get in front of my readers for your benefit, and you state that explicitly in your pitch, I'm going to want to punch you. This is not about you. It's about the delicate ecosystem that is the world of guest blogging. When done right, everyone wins. Yes, including you. But when you're a selfish asshole, I'm pissed. The writing never outweighs the douchery and everyone loses. So how do you get to be featured on big sites and make your editors not hate you right off the bat? Well, my advice is to start small. Do your due diligence, write articles that really do provide value to the reader and are interesting to read. So that means developing your voice and having something interesting to say that's not just a regurgitation of other articles on the web. Start sharing that voice with the world on on a smaller scale. And probably most importantly, Don't be a douchebag to work with. Be a human. Write nice pitches, which by the way, you can listen back to episodes from season one on how to do this. And I'll also be going into that in more depth in future episodes. But yes, you know, build your chops and your credibility one smaller publication at a time before you go to the huge ones. That way, when it comes time to pitch to Forbes or Inc. or Entrepreneur or any one of those huge publications, not only do you have a portfolio of articles that you've written on similarly credible sites, but you've got a corral of happy editors who can vouch for your writing and your work style. Now, editors love when they don't have to make many edits on a piece and they can just pretty much publish as is, if not, you know, take a few things and move them around here and there. But the icing on the cake for the editor is when the person who wrote that piece is kind, flexible, and really just not a fucking douche canoe. So remember that editors talk to each other, believe you me, and we will find out if you are a sucky human to work with. Bottom line, let your writing speak for yourself. Let your pitching be the place where you prove to your editors how badass you are to work with and everything will be great. I promise. All right. So what tool app or piece of software am I excited about this week? Well, I just started using a tool called Clear Voice, and I'm pretty stoked about it. It's a content management tool, but more specifically, it's a writer management tool where you as the editor or manager can actually pitch out topics for your freelance writers to grab. And you can set the guidelines around those. So you can say, hey, you know, I need an 800 word article on this, or I need a 1500 word, you know, thought leadership piece on that, or I need a how-to article on this. It's really cool. And it's super super exciting for me because at Convince and Convert in particular, we've been trying to find a streamlined way to push out our content ideas to writers. And the other cool thing about it is that you can also connect your publication to the tool so that when writers finish their drafts and you've approved them, you know, you can go back and forth on the editing a few times, but once you've approved them, you can click approve and the content will automatically go directly into your content management system so that you can do your final edits 
and scheduling there. That's super awesome. I'm so sick of copy and pasting stuff from Word and Google Docs into my WordPress. So I love that it goes automatically into WordPress. And finally, the other cool feature about Clear Voice is that it's especially useful if you've got a team of paid writers. All payments could be managed directly in the tool, so you don't have to keep track on some spreadsheet or rely on invoices from writers, which may or may not be accurate. <laughs> so, you know, pitch topics, get quality writing from the writers you trust, and pay them all in one place. I dig it. So check out clearvoice.com if you're a content manager who's looking to streamline your process. And again, all of these tools and software and apps that we recommend are not sponsors. They're not people that are paying to get exposure here. They're just things that I genuinely like. And I'm really happy to uh, work with Clearvoice. And hopefully there'll be a growing tool that other managing editors and writers like you can use. So that's it for this episode of the Managing Editor Show. Thank you again for listening. For all the links and resources I mentioned in the episode, go to themanagingeditorshow.com slash episode 21. And if you have any ideas or questions to contribute, or if you know someone who would be a great guest on one of our upcoming bonus episodes, head over to themanagingeditorshow.com to leave a voice message, or just send me an email at hi at themanagingeditorshow.com. Have a great week. I'll catch you on the flip side. Bye.